When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris, pro sandwich artist, amateur spokesperson, rolling. New Subway delivery. Order only on the Subway app and get special deals. Like $0 delivery fee. Chris, are you ordering on the Subway app right now? Uh, maybe? Ooh, could I get in on that? Eat fresh refresh. From the top, please. Freshly prepared for your order. Limited time at participating shops. Terms, taxes, and other fees still apply. Cut! Hello, welcome to episode 85 of And this is an interview with Foxy Peacocks, a burlesque dancer that I um, know and met at a corporate gig and I've met her a few times since and uh, I wanted to find out more about the whole corporate, sorry, the whole burlesque world because I did do a little bit of uh, uh, comparing years ago with a group called Love Cats and uh, it's quite a different world to the stand-up world as in people oh just everyone gets so dressed up and all the acts to bring have to bring such elaborate costumes and and those comedians we just turn up in our civvies and just walk on stage and start talking which is a bit bit lazy i suppose we bring something to the party as in wit i would imagine and i'm bringing this uh introduction to you from well, it, to continue in the uh, tradition of doing introductions from foreign cities, I'm in Barcelona right now in a little old dark apartment. Uh, no, I haven't been kidnapped. I when I came over here to do a couple of gigs, one last night and one the night before. And uh, to be honest, after last night's gig, I went out... And got a little drunk, so I was feeling a bit delicate today as I walked around Barcelona. I did a little bit of um, touristy things. Uh, well, I walked to uh, one of the Gaudi buildings and to have a look at it. I didn't get a, a photo there because my battery went to my phone. But uh, I was wondering if Gaudi, the, the name Gaudi, has happened to do with the word gaudy. Because Gaudi is, architecture is very gaudy in a way, isn't it? It's all colourful and melty and bendy. Bloody amazing, actually. And then they, uh, they, it's just, isn't it brilliant? I wonder, uh, is that time gone now when, when our architects get a chance to, to do something so imaginative and um, unusual? buildings seem to be a bit more 
uh, functional now. Well, I mean, some of them are mad, like, but the sky, but the skyscrapers doesn't really. Uh, you know, when you go to Dubai and there's all these mad-looking skies, but what can you do with a skyscraper except make it look as if it's falling down or make it look like a a, a pointy-topped or something? But, yeah, they're all pretty much the same. But, this, yeah, this building was so good. And then they had a fake snow coming out of two of the balconies at one point because it's Christmas. Uh, then I went down to the um, Christmas market yesterday and I was looking for these little statues because there's a, a Christmas tradition here. I only heard about it yesterday, where the children get there's a sack that's brought in and uh, to the to the house, and I think it's called a sack of shit or something, and uh, the kids hit it with a stick at some point, and then they go off to a corner of the house. The children have to hide, and the presents are put in the sack. But the story they're told is that the presents were shat into the sack or something like that, something to do with any of the presents are shat in that's how they arrive uh as a shit and uh and this is real this is real this is really what happens and then so there's all these little statues i wanted to get one but i couldn't find them of uh they have to come out you know to in honor of the shitting santa sack fella he uh, they have a uh, famous people shitting little statues of them like trump and um, um, I, I don't know, but Mike, I don't know who's famous, but uh, I couldn't find any. I didn't find any pity, but there you go. Um, that's what I did, and I uh, didn't get um didn't get pickpocketed this time because I did the last time. My phone was in my back pocket and it was taken out, and I got it back because I got it back because the police caught the guys just up the road, and how lucky was that? Um, this episode is sponsored by Sockfellas, and you'll find all their uh, socks at Sockfellas.com. Brilliant, colourful, amazing socks, brilliant for a Christmas present. And they're all just really cool, imaginative socks. And they they uh, have different offers on every day. Um, I think at the, uh, today it was two buy two pairs get one free but there's a different offer every day but also on top of that offer if you go on and use the code potterini you get 20 percent off your socks so go and do that sockfellas.com um all right well i'm gonna head off now and get a coffee in a cafe cafe leche por favor I'm doing it in a French accent. I don't speak much Spanish, okay. So, uh, yeah, I got my phone back that time. I'm really lucky. I I lost my phone in a taxi in Bangkok recently, and I got it back because somebody found it in the taxi and uh, uh, saw my name on the credit card. My credit card was better. And I was reporting it to the police, but they didn't. I mean, I was in there trying to report that to the police, and meanwhile, some American guy came in who'd been ripped off by a lady boy, and he was just shouting and he was drunk. And uh, so I don't think my little phone problem was top of the problems that police were dealing with there. And uh, but I got it back. As people might know, my phone, my car was robbed about six weeks ago. The guards rang and said they've recovered it. I could be in shit, but I'll find that out tomorrow. But I did get it. 
And my bicycle was robbed in Drada, and then I was walking by a house up the road. The front door was open, and my bicycle was in the hole. So I went in and got it back. So I'm losing things, but getting them back without the aid of um, a, uh, a tracker or any of that malarkey, just pure luck. Or maybe I'm psychic. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, things that's good. So, okay, this is it now. So, Foxy Peacocks, great interview. I'll talk to you afterwards. See you, bye. So, hi, Foxy. Um... I no, okay, I'll admit now at the minute now I, don't, I haven't seen an awful lot of burlesque, so I'm not. I'm uh, you know I, I'm going to be asking fairly obvious questions okay. about this kind of scene. I'll go for it. But uh, I first of all, like, where, have you gone into burlesque straight away, or did you go through something else? Did you do drama? Did you? No, actually, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> burlesque was one of the first things that I did. Weirdly enough, I never yeah. did theatre, never did dance. Uh, yeah. And I was nearly 30 whenever I decided to start. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> or actually, I was nearly 30 when I found burlesque. I didn't know what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it excited me a lot. And I started out backstage, helping out at the door, helping with flyer in, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, eventually uh, got built up the bottle enough to get on the stage. Right. OK. So what was the first show you saw? You uh, the first show I saw was a Tassel Club, actually. Yeah. It was a show that used to run in Dublin and it came to Cork in 2008 or 2009. Yeah. And uh, they were doing a little bit of a tour. So I went to see the show and was quite taken by the whole scene in general, just the way the yeah. people were all dressed up and not yeah. just the performers, but the audience as well. Um, they're, you know, very vintage look and the corsets and the, the makeup and the hair and everything. It just very much excited me in a visual level. Mm -hmm. uh, and I so before that, you, you have two kids, do you? I do. I have two, 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 two almost adults. I have a 17 really? and 18-year-old. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so by the time you were thirty, they were they were they were about way, ten. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I'm closer to forty these days than I am to thirty. <laughs> okay. Right. Sorry. Um, so, like, was it difficult then to start if you were trying to get out at night time to do gigs and? To juggle that kind well, of Well, yeah, life. I mean, I did still have some help, obviously, from my family and from friends yeah. and stuff like that with, with babysitting and um, yeah. and stuff. So without their help, I wouldn't be able to do it. Right, yeah. So what is it first that attracted you? What what does it mean to you to perform in um, What attracted me to the show or to attracted me to performing? performing. Um, well, at first, it was actually that other people saw something in me that, that I really didn't see myself um, in, mm. in the way that I naturally held myself and the way that I naturally sat and, and things like that that they felt was very vintage and very burlesque. Oh. Um, even from a very young age, people would have always compared me to Maureen O'Hara or to Rita Hayworth. Mm. Um, and I won't lie, they were huge influences on, on me when I was a little child and when I was a teenager, watching the old movies, the MGMM movies. Right. Um, and, and would that be part of the burlesque scene that you kind of harken yeah. back to that kind of era? Absolutely. Yeah. But the burlesque scene is, um, burlesque is a huge uh, genre at the moment mm -hmm. um, and it's built and it's grown. And I, I think of it as a very wide umbrella of, of different styles now. Yeah. So you've got classic burlesque, you've got what's called neo burlesque, which would be a newer style of it. Mm -hmm. So you could have everything from the classic feather fan dancing and the balloons and stuff like that or balloon popping and 
you know, that kind of, yeah. and, and the, the striptease stuff. But you have a kind of a newer form to it now as well, where you've got some kind of styles of fetish burlesque and um, a newer kind of uh, hip hop kind of style to burlesque with, with dancing and stuff like that. Mm. So it's a... Uh, Burlesque is is more of a an attitude or a mindset. I think I think now a kind of a, an empowerment in a sense. An empowerment for particularly for women. For in particular for women, but can be for men as well. You know, mm. um, I know some great boylesquers, um, male performers that that are both gay and straight yeah. that also find it just as empowering. Yeah, and so, but it's far more uh, as opposed to the comedy scene, which is very male orientated. I think it's mm-hmm. beginning to change now. Okay, there's far more of a there's definitely far more women. Yeah. It's a very, very um, heavily female-dominated area, definitely. And yet, would people who are not familiar with burlesque confuse it with perhaps a lap dancing or that kind of thing or pole a dancing? A little bit, but also they, they they would now come on under the the umbrella of burlesque as well. You know, in a sense, um, lap dancing would be would be quite a a different style we burlesque doesn't get that close um and also burlesque is more the art of the tease as opposed to just getting naked and that would be one of the biggest differences i think between um burlesque and stripping i have been asked several times before what the difference is and would some people would consider burlesque to be glorified stripping and i mean in a sense it is i think we should own the word with stripping and with mm-hmm. burlesque and stuff like that i don't think that we should shy away from it um we do strip our clothes off uh, just in a in a different manner um i think i feel that with with lap dancing and strip club uh, performances the emphasis is on on getting nude as fast as possible if not arriving out already nude um whereas burlesque uh, even with the striptease of burlesque, which isn't the heart of burlesque either. Striptease is just one element of burlesque. Uh, the word burlesque itself means satire. Oh, and okay. it started as comedy. Burlesque, or the original burlesque was men. Uh, they were comedians. And Where the, would that have originated? In England. Back yeah. in the 1800s, burlesque originated in England. Uh-huh. And there was a troupe of girls, Lydia Thompson and her troupe of dancing girls, uh, kind of started a kind of a comedy style of burlesque. Um, they moved to Paris, I think, in the late 1800s, mm. and they connected with the Moulin Rouge, and they, then Can Can became a part of burlesque. Mm. Um, then the early 1900s, they moved over to America, and they brought the burlesque style from England and Can Can style from from Paris mm-hmm. to uh, America. And in the 19 kind of 1920s, 1930s, it took on another form, and that's when striptease became a part of burlesque. And before then, it wasn't. So you've, there's definitely been an evolution of burlesque constantly along the way where different forms have been brought into it. So you're saying before the striptease element, what would it have been? It would have been a comedian. It would generally would have been what they call the funny men. So right. they would have had maybe, say, two guys that would have been bouncing off each other with a comedy skit. And the burlesque girl originally, she would have come out, walked across the stage and say one of the comedy guys would have wolf whistled at her and the other guy would have, you know, pushed him and she would have clattered him and he would have fallen over. Right. So that would have been the kind of skit. Yeah, that very slapstick kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, so is there, do you think, because like, you said the word burlesque means satire, is there a satirical mm-hmm. or political or even, uh, yeah, political sort very of, much sort of, so. uh, element? Yeah, very much so. so. Um, not always, um, not mm. always in burlesque, but usually that that's a huge part of it. Yeah. And how would you feel now? Like, has anyone addressed perhaps 
the Trump thing yes. for less now, yeah. Oh yeah, plenty of um, performers. There's loads of performers that have Trump uh, performances. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, I mean, because my, uh, of course, you'd always think of the film Cabaret as well, and that was mm-hmm. uh, satirizing the fascists as well at the yep. time when the fascism was beginning to come in at the time. Absolutely. And so, do you remember? Do you remember your first? I'm sure you do remember your first show, <laughs> and what did you do? <laughs> How did you feel about going um, on? Oh, I was extremely nervous. I think I threw up twice. <laughs> yeah, really, I think yeah. I threw up again afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the nerves hadn't quite settled yet. Mm. Uh, the very first performance I did was New Year's uh, 2009, uh, New Year's Eve. And it was a, a, a night called Cult of Kink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was actually run by uh, the pole dancing studio that I was learning from at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the... I suppose one of the more polished um, students so they asked me if I would do something Uh, so I decided to do a hybrid uh, pole and burlesque that I like to call polesque yeah okay yeah (laughs) Um, I didn't remove any clothing um, but I I did some pole dance in a kind of a tutu and a corset Mm -hmm. um, uh, to I put a spell on you (laughs) All right. the screaming Jay Hawkins version yeah yeah (laughs) Um, and uh, and I just did it in a very kind of burlesque style, very kind of cutesy cheesecake kind of pinup kind of style. Mm. Um, and it went, it was received very well. It went down very well. I was very happy with it, but I was absolutely terrified both before and afterwards. <laughs> that didn't go away for a long time, and even still now I get terrified. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing I find about it is, is that you, if you come up with a whole routine, you've got to come up with a costume and uh, music whatever the whole lot and then yeah. you're trying it for the first time mm-hmm. I mean you're just it's not like you're trying a little bit of it and go does that work that's where you you've got the whole routine first time has worked out yeah. so you you've got to well, you, and it, things do evolve as well you know so every right. every routine that I have has evolved over the years the costume has evolved the the, the performance itself has evolved um Every part of it changes uh, depending on after a few years, I revamp the costume and it gets a little, you know, because you can repair it so long and then eventually it does need to be completely revamped okay. and you take what's still good out of it and you keep that and you put it into a new costume or you, and you do away with whatever is tatty or not working anymore. Right, yeah. And so how, how would you come up with a routine? How do you do it? Um, I think everybody conceptualizes their, their acts or their routines quite differently. Um, but for me, everything usually starts from the costume. It's okay. the costume that comes together first. And once the costume comes together, then I then the music will come together and I'll mm. pick whatever I'm whatever I feel matches the costume. And mm. then from there I'll start working on the choreography because a lot of the choreography will depend on the costume and how the costume needs to be removed and how to remove it in a way that 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 looks well, mm. you know, or that you're not getting caught and stuff or, you know, because you'll have a lot of sequins and you're gonna have a lot of rhinestones and a lot of bits that can that can fall off or, you know, or can get caught and snag in different things. So you need to be well aware of what's going to get caught, what's going to snag, mm. and also be okay with the fact that they probably will do anyway and while you're you just, on stage and then how do you go through with it yeah. how do you still carry on when you get caught in something and it doesn't go according to plan you you can't stand there and just go oops no. or run off you know <laughs> you kind of have to play along with it laugh part. it off and make a part of it yeah uh, or the audience yeah. don't know that something's gone wrong probably sometimes most of the time actually they have no idea sometimes yeah. they do um i i did a performance last week and in the middle of a stocking peel the the stocking was um it was a new pair of stockings and they were obviously a little too thin so my foot went through the stocking entirely and just made a big hole in it oh, so really? <laughs> it almost ruined the stocking peel so i had to kind of giggle it off and and do, do a little 
little kind of butchery while trying to get it down past the hole and then still continue on with it. So I kind of played into it and then I just kind of hop, you know, did the stocking peel back over my shoulder and then hopped around in a circle for a while until everyone started laughing and it was totally fine. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. And has anything ever gone wrong on stage that you that kind of ended up, or sorry, maybe something you've come up with has happened on stage? You've gone, oh, that's good. And it just came to you on stage or... Because that kind of happens in comedy sometimes. You're in the middle of a routine, you add a line okay. and yeah. go, oh, you know. That actually worked really, really well. Well, yeah. I'll add it, I'll keep it. I don't um, know if that was happening. Probably nothing off the top of my head, yeah. uh, being honest. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. whenever I'm putting a routine together, uh, I video a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's an awful lot of trial and error. <laughs> okay. So I video for as long as I, as I possibly can while going through movements and stuff. And then I'll watch the video back yeah. and then say, okay, no, that doesn't work. That does work. Oh, that might work if I change the angle. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's mostly through that that you'll, you'll find stuff that works or that doesn't, you know? Sometimes you will, I, I did, I was doing a stocking peel once uh, and it was one that, that I was doing on the ground but with my legs in the air. Yeah. And I was peeling the stocking off with one, one other uh, foot. Yeah. Uh, so in, in, in the peel, I lost my balance a little bit and ended up going into a backwards floor roll mm. and still managed to take the stocking off and it was still attached to one foot and still had it by my other toes. So right. <laughs> that ended up being, yeah, a thing that I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's cool. So yeah, that's, that's cool. I hadn't thought of that one. But yeah. So you got to be really fit, right, and flexible. Like it you. depends on, on the type of burlesque that you do. Yeah. My specialty in burlesque would be a slightly more acrobatic style of it. So mm. I would do a lot of cartwheels and splits and chair balancing and that kind of thing yeah. because that's what I'm good at. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a strength. Like, I mean, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Mm. So I lean towards my strengths and, you know, I, I brush over my weaknesses. No. <laughs> Airbrush over them. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, do you do you have to exercise all the time and do yoga or anything like that? Or? Yeah, well, I don't do yoga. Yeah. Um, I love to stretch, yeah. but... Um, yeah. Yoga requires a stillness that I don't have, okay. <laughs> <laughs> being honest. Um, yeah. I'm quite a, I have a lot of nervous energy, you know, and mostly in a good way. I oh, put yeah? it, I, I try to put it to good use for as most as possible um, and try to make it productive. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm, I'm a, you know, toe tapper, you know. Right. I, <laughs> so am I, actually. I'm a, yeah. I'm a bit of one of those things. You I've like gone on moving. dates where uh, girls have stopped my <laughs> leg from moving and that really annoys me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm like when people draw my attention to it I get really kind of mm -hmm, thanks very much for that I really appreciate you drawing my attention to it <laughs> yeah because like I'm like look that is me so I don't try and yeah you know <laughs> change it you're just gonna have to get with it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had a friend recently who I stayed mm. over in her house and um and I, I was sleeping in her bed so I'd kind of tucked into the inside and in my sleep, apparently, I do little aerobics. You know, I'm like swimming or doing a marathon or something. Yeah. And she got really worried about me and, and thought I was thrashing around like I was having a nightmare or something. So she kind of had to hold me down a little bit and then got really worried about it in the morning. And was like, I woke up and she's sitting at the kitchen table, you know, having a cup of coffee, looking very, you know, I don't know, very serious. And, and I went in and I said, are you OK? And she said, yeah, are you OK? I said, yeah, me, why? And she went, I'm so sorry. I feel really weird about the fact that I held you down in your sleep. And I went, I was obviously asleep, so I've got no idea. And I said to her, why did you hold me down in my sleep? And she went, I thought you were having a nightmare. You move around constantly. You never stopped <laughs> during the entire time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, apparently, it, it, even in my sleep, I still... Yeah move constantly are you having a dream do you remember if you're having a dream or i don't remember dreaming for the most no, part um 
So and I don't think mm. it's down to dreaming. I think my body just it's a yeah, yeah. my muscle memory continuously moves even when I sleep. So right. uh, that's kind of handy because you're know? keeping fit while you sleep. <laughs> yeah. you <know>? That's one <laughs> way you're looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You already are like yeah. Uh, yeah. That um, might explain a lot. Actually, no, but you're, you're using up. Uh, they say actually, yeah, fellas, people who have twitches. They're they're using up calories, so they are actually they're usually yeah. thin. Well, that's probably why I didn't get the middle age spread. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so have you done like the? Uh, you started off doing pole, did you? I did. So pole was that the very something first thing. you were doing before you performed? Um, you yes, but barely. Yeah. So I yeah. went to my first pole class in August of two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. and I went to see. No, sorry, July of two thousand and eight, and I went to see my first burlesque show in the August of two thousand and eight. Mm. And I did my first performance that December. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I was really, I'm one of these people that I, I do have a tendency to get chucked into the deep end because people can see potential in me that I often don't see in myself. Um, and I'm a firm believer in either you sink or you swim. So I will start doggy paddling like anything. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to curse here. <laughs> yeah, you can curse. It's fine. Oh, can I? Oh, great. Yeah, you oh. can. You can. Yeah. You don't have to, okay. but you yeah. can. <laughs> I've been out like a sailor, so it's way more effort for me to try and keep oh. quiet. <laughs> oh, really? I I, uh, I listened to a thing on the radio this morning um, on the science show where they were saying they did a study on cursing. Yeah. And it uh, releases certain things in the brain. Like you can, um, you can cope with pain much better if you curse. Oh, really? Yeah, they did some experiments on people who put their hand in ice water. And if they were allowed to go, fucking shit, they could yeah. keep their hand in longer. And would these be people that would normally curse anyway? Because I'd wonder how the effect, how, what a kind of effect it would have on somebody, say, that wasn't yes. comfortable with cursing, yeah. you know? Uh, so is it, a, is it something that when you're repressing something, you know what I mean, that you're trying to stop yourself from, from releasing, are you causing more pain? Enough. They did ask if people cursed a lot. Is the is the power of the curse yeah. diluted? <laughs> and she said the guy, the woman who did the the uh, whatever the experiments, whatever. She said no, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. it's just it works. That's and, interesting. And then they tried people uh, just lightening the curse instead of saying fucking shit or whatever. They're going bum poo. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that didn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't quite it, have the same ring to it, does it? Has- it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, it is. Uh, it's a release. Good. It's something important. Okay. Of course. I think so. a release in general is always a very, very good thing for humans to do. Absolutely. <laughs> As she raises a glass I think, of wine. I know. We, I think we hold ourselves far too tightly a lot of the time. Yeah. You yeah. know. And in the day and age that we're in, it, it's becoming a terrifying, th- terrifying thing sometimes to voice an opinion or, or to to say things sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's becoming very politically correct uh, a bit too much in a way. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, I do do agree that people need to be conscious of other people's feelings and stuff. But I also think that there's a little bit has to be said for having a thicker skin and and just getting on with things a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I know that's not a popular idea at the moment. Um, you know, absolutely identify with your pain and identify with, you know, with the things that bother you. But the, the I don't think it's such a good idea to focus on them all the time. You know, it doesn't help us in our own heads and not necessarily helps us in our lives either. Yeah. Um, it's too easy to dwell and kind of wallow a little bit. You know, I, I think it's far too easy always as humans to dwell and wallow. Yeah. And I think maybe in certainly in this entertainment industry that we're in, 
-hmm. you're going to get knockbacks, aren't you? Or it's going to, you're going to have struggles. Are you going to be ending up doing a club that is horrible and you have to get changed <laughs> with beer kegs around you and yeah or in like fire exits or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite one was when they're saying you know oh can you use the bathrooms and i'm like the, the, the public the public toilets mm. where everybody is is going in and out and you want me to get dressed and get into stockings in in the, the cubicle mm. in where people are peeing and can and then they're, they're looking at me like i'm being precious and i'm going i i think about this for a second i have to get stockings on and stand on the ground where there's we yeah and and you don't mm. seem you don't see a problem with this okay fair enough <laughs> so. i know the end entertainment industry is just bizarre i it mean the, the, the weird thing about it is you can be doing a lovely glamorous show one mm -hmm. night and two nights later you're in yeah. an absolute <laughs> hole of place it's so true <laughs> it's so true god <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you have to live with it and just a quick little uh, break uh, to say that uh, sockfellas.com is where to get your socks for Christmas presents. Really colourful, brilliant socks. And use the code Potterooney to get 20% off your order. Um, sockfellas.com. Have a look at them. They're on Instagram as well. Just have a look. Amazing, beautiful, um, sexy socks. And the amazing thing about you and anybody that's doing burlesque it's, you bring so much props and costume with you I think it's mm -hmm. unbelievable I really admire you for doing that yeah I turn up at a gig with just well I do bring a guitar but that's even a big thing for a comedian yeah. most of them don't have anything it's true they can just you know stand and do their bit without having and extra costumes yeah, or don't even change or, their clothes yeah. they just go on <laughs> you know well you've got something we don't maybe <laughs> no but it's a big thing I mean well, I even think a lot about burlesque is, is we're, we're mm. giving people uh, a moment of illusion you know uh, a, a minute of glamour sometimes you know mm. of, of transporting people to you know to a bygone era or you know um, you know sometimes with, with burlesque and it's very important to to have the right costumes and right props to to do that you know yeah and do you need lights as well do you bring your own lights or I don't I no. can only manage so much equipment and mm. considering a lot of what I do already requires a fair bit of equipment mm -hmm. and my costumes would be quite elaborate as well um, with many layers and uh, it yeah, takes yeah, up yeah. a huge amount of space. I've got a suitcase that I can fit into. Yes, yeah, you, you yeah. could yourself I, fit I've into. Got, it. Yes, me myself, <laughs> I can entirely fit into the suitcase yeah. very comfortably too. I'm not squished up, you know what I mean. I've got loads of room. Okay, yeah, yeah <laughs> and that yeah. usually fits maybe two costumes in in entirety, and maybe two changes of clothes. Yeah, and that's well. it. You know, two pairs of shoes. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow, that's that's. No and have you done any? So you you so you did pole a little bit before mm -hmm. you did your first thing. Yeah. What about any other? Would you like to learn a new kind of I don't know, aerial thing, or would you? Uh, do, do you uh, mean still now? Yeah, like would yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. I still do workshops all the time. You would do a workshop. On. Yeah, with with performers in this country and visiting yeah. performers. I think that you're always you're always growing and you're always learning and you're always changing. You know yeah. your tactics a little bit and yeah. burlesque has changed a lot in Ireland and from being one of of maybe ten performers in Ireland ten years ago, Irish performers in yeah. Ireland, um, then 
now there's countless performers in Ireland you know there, there's a show in every city um, so you know girls have great opportunity to uh, to get started they've got people to learn from whereas we were kind of winging it a little bit mm. and trying to figure it out as we went along and um, so even still now whenever if I'm doing a new act that I want to add a new element into I'll go to other performers and I'll ask for their help and advice and do some private workshops with them and that kind of thing yeah right yeah. some of the stuff I've seen you know, it's just incredible physically Mm-hmm. The strength, I think, you need to do it. It's impressive. Well, with some of the burlesque, yeah, not all, not, not all burlesque. Um, that's, I suppose, a specific uh, genre of burlesque would yeah. be kind of acro burlesque and aerial burlesque. You know, that kind of thing okay. would be a specific type. And yeah, you do have to have good balance more than anything else, um, and and quite a lot of strength. Just because if you're going to do a stocking peel and you're hanging by one leg. Yeah. then you you need to be pretty strong in that one leg that's holding you while both hands are on your stocking. <laughs> yeah, and look You know, and then still look and effortless. Effort, and, yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? And still be able to do it without, you know, wobbling or, or falling off. So it's, yeah. uh, it's uh, it takes a little bit of practice. Uh, yeah. And so do you all kind of, I mean, I feel that there's a good camaraderie in the burlesque scene. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll tell me it's <laughs> you're all bitching. <laughs> but... I mean, because every show needs a lot of acts, doesn't it? I mean, it does. It, well, I try to be, um, I've been organizing uh, shows on and off for five years. Mm. And uh, two years ago, um, I decided to make it a bit more regular. So mm. we went maybe every two to three months. And this year we have attempted to go every month. So what show are you doing now? Uh, the Peacock Parlor, it's called. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's a show that currently runs in the Crane Lane. We were in the Poor Relation until yeah. we got a little bit too big for the Poor Relation and okay. we filled capacity and we needed more seats and more space for people to stand. Um, so now we're in the Crane Lane and we have three different seating options thanks to the amazing management and their fantastic seating plans. Oh, mm. It makes my life so much easier. Mm. My, my biggest pet peeve with the shows, I really despise the seating. Yeah, <laughs> I hate having to put out the tables and chairs oh, and them allocate out, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, and allocate the people's names to seats and the rest of it. It just makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm in here from like noon to two p.m. Oh, really? every show day. Yeah, doing setup, but you know because we often have aerial or pole as part of it as well. So I have to set up that equipment and move it around and then do all the seating. So I, you know, there there are times when I wonder. You know, my I question my life choices that I can't just <laughs> arrive, be fabulous, put on my costume, and just you know arrive out and wow everybody. Yeah, know? it's hard so you've to got to do all the other background stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. It's very hard actually to do the tech side of it and to to be uh, and to wear many different hats. So when you're producing. And you're also doing the tech and you're also doing the door mm. and you're also doing the seating and then you're expected to perform. And then in the middle of it all, you're you're getting dressed and people are coming in and asking, you know, where is this supposed to go? Or this person's looking for this or there's a complaint from this person. And I'm like, and I, I can't say I can't deal with it now because I'm the producer. So I have to deal with it now, even if I'm about to go on. Wow. So then try to deal with something in a professional manner and then, you know, change your face two seconds later to being everything's fabulous, everything's wonderful, you know, and arrive out like like there's been no problems all day, like you haven't been sweating and dragging equipment all over the place and, you know, and, and then, you know, as soon as you get off stage, you're straight back into that, you know. 
Yeah. Once the show was over, you know, you're you're into taking down the equipment, packing everything up, putting away the chairs, you know, um, getting the door, doing your accounts, and you just think, oh God, God, <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. There's a huge amount goes into organizing a show, a huge amount that nobody yeah. ever ever realizes or thinks of. And dealing with other acts, I mean, I've run a small comedy gig, and uh, uh, some acts need to be told exactly every single <laughs> detail of how to get on a bus yeah. <laughs> where to get oh. off the bus yeah. uh, where is this address and you're like can you put it into sat nav the same way i did you know by any chance or you know yeah yeah there's an mm. awful lot of that um and i yeah i'm a bit of a burlesque mommy and mm. where i've got i've got uh, mentees and students and and a huge amount of my mentees and students actually have have gotten onto stage and still are on stage um, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's a there's a lot that goes into the minding, and when there's a few people involved, like I have shows where I've had up to uh, last year's or this year's uh, electric picnic, I had 120 crew really to organize and that was extremely difficult like extremely difficult mm. <laughs> far more difficult than i and i knew it wasn't going to be easy but it it it, it even beat my arse like it proper did <laughs> you know? yeah say so <laughs> where was that show in the electric picnic uh that was at the electric side show the jerry fish electric side show all ah, right yeah. cool yeah that's brilliant um so in general now are you you're putting out you have this show in the crane lane once a yeah. It's on next Wednesday. Next. So we have it quite regularly. So it's generally once a month or a little mm. bit over. But often our show depends on visiting performers. Okay. So if I have, there's a performer who's traveling from the States to Europe, um, they'll generally contact me and say, you know, by any chance is there anything going on? Okay. I'm skipping over the pond so we can do a little trip over to Ireland. Um, I've got free dates between this and this. And depending on the performer, I usually jump at the chance and kind of go, oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not missing that person passing over. So I'll put on a show specifically mm. because they're the dates that they have. Okay. Uh, and then you go and do, you travel around yourself doing your own show. Yep, I travel around Ireland. Have you gone outside of Ireland? And I have. Done, um, I've performed in London, uh, yeah. Toulouse, uh, Berlin. Ah, oh, nice one. Yeah, so. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so back in London in January in the Troxy. Right, yeah. And do people um, find it, if people see you on stage mm -hmm. and that's the first time they see you, is there a difficulty in relating to you on stage <laughs> and then you as a person? Is that the different? Do people expect you to be a certain type of person is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I suppose they do. I mean, uh, like my... my my onstage persona isn't a huge amount different from, from my own persona. It's a little more, I suppose, hyper-realized yeah. and slightly more cartoonish. Um, so uh, Foxy is very definitely a, a very big part of, of me. Of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, I suppose she's a far more confident uh, side of me, you know, yeah. that that's easier to, to be on stage. Uh, being her than it is being me. <laughs> I'm slightly more awkward. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So once you're in that persona, you're 
totally fine on stage. I'm a total flirt. I'm a total flirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Like, apparently I'm absolute murder. Like, you know, I, and you can't keep me on the stage either. I like getting down into the crowd. Like, I love interacting with people. Um, I think for me, that was the, the biggest thing with performance is it's a bit of an energy transfer. Um, in that you you do something on stage and you're you, you're kind of putting yourself out there and you do something and watching people's reactions is what you feed on, mm. you know. So so you do something that's kind of cute or even you give someone a wink or something and then you see their face light up and they give a giggle and then you literally feed on that mm. and it boosts your confidence and then you know you're taking off a glove and you decide you're going to get somebody to help you take it off and then depending on their reaction, you know, again you're feeding on that energy. So. You know, you give something, they give energy back to you. You give it even more, you know, it's and it, it builds and it grows until it's a, a beautiful cycle, I think, of of, of uh, energy back and forth. So, it, um, yeah, it's... But know. if you did, like, you really need that. Do you really need that uh, ex- to be able to express yourself that way? You do. If you weren't doing that, would you be going crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, very likely, actually. <laughs> To be fair, I think so. It probably keeps me out of a, a lot more trouble in real life than it does, you yeah. know, that way. It gets me in its own trouble, to be fair, because I think um, I, because my persona as Foxy would be extremely flirty, um, I often get myself in a lot of trouble. Uh, in where, what sense? Uh, where people think that I'm coming on to them. That's and, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of going, oh, um, no, that's, you know, I'm I'm very flirty and I like flirting. But it's not necessarily a, um, there's not necessarily anything really behind it, you know, that way. Especially yeah. not when it's on stage, especially not, you know. And also get, get has gotten me in, in quite a bit of trouble in relationships as well, where, you know, um, where partners are like, you know, you're flirting with that person. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not flirting with that person. I'm flirting with everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm flirting with the entire audience. That's what, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So they get jealous or whatever. Yeah. Well, so, sometimes it can, you know, and only with some people, maybe early stages, if they, mm. I tend not to go out with people that I don't know quite well now, just because it's, it's easier if they know me and they know who I am and they know what I do and, mm. and, you know, there's nothing worse than than going on a date with somebody and then and then them coming to a show and and sitting there and being like oh my god what's she doing like I, I, you know and and then you come off stage and they're like you know was that really necessary and you're like oh dear <laughs> well that's that one done with <laughs> yeah 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 and what about family my family are, are fab my mum yeah. comes to all my shows yeah. and in fact she came with me I performed at the feminist society night uh, for for UCC. Mm. at the poor relation recently and my mum had rung me earlier in the day and she was like are you at home and what are you up to I said we're in performing tonight mm. and she went oh oh fab can I come in is that okay and I said absolutely mm. uh, so and everyone was like oh that's your mum like do you, do you still do striptease in front of your mum and I was like yeah I can guarantee you my mum's going to be louder than all of you <laughs> you know yeah she's the worst for, for egging me on <laughs> all right yeah and and you're uh Kids or yeah, my sons are actually involved in the shows as well. So my eldest often has done sound for for two years. He right. did sound for us, and uh, my youngest often helps out backstage and and with the door and stuff like that. You know, putting people's wristbands on or. Is it two boys you have? Is yeah, it? two yeah. boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Seventeen and eighteen. So yeah. I was actually talking to my youngest son about it recently, 
And he was explaining to me that um, he's got a girlfriend at the moment and uh, mm. she's a lovely, lovely girl. And I, some, I can't remember how boobs came up in the conversation. And, and he said to her, I don't know, I think boobs are nearly ruined on me. You know, I think my mom has kind of ruined them. I mean, they're just a body part now. I don't see anything sexual about them. I thought it was actually hilarious. He almost feels like he's been ruined in a sense. But, but yeah. I love the fact that... I mean, any any woman can get undressed in front of him and he doesn't find it weird and he doesn't mm. stand there and, and gape at them. You know, he doesn't um, he doesn't get uncomfortable. He doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. Mm. And he just realizes that, well, they're getting changed and it's a body part and don't stand there staring at them. But at the same time, don't get weird and run out of the room. Yeah, you know? and that's like something that like you only get weirded out about it if you've not seen Mm-hmm. naked people if everyone's That's covering it. up constantly. I think you can see you can actually see mm. a huge difference in how how we deal with stuff like that and Europeans do so you can go to Spain or France or, or Italy or any one of them and, and people will often be topless at the beach and, and nobody's looking around except for that Irish bloody prick with the big fucking white Irish head going you know eyes popping out of it you know and the women glaring and you know frowning and and, and having a little moment about it and it's like oh god we're so repressed here yeah now I, I do believe part of that is to do with the cold yeah exactly yeah we're, we're a very cold costume we're a very cold costume or country country yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I personally wouldn't be going running around too often out with my nips out <laughs> no although I did do it in New York in December did you two years ago I did a free nip- the nipple campaign in New York City um, because it is legal there and um, is it, it is to yeah. be topless yep yeah, in, in the city in the city centre really uh, absolutely 100% completely legal male or female as far as they're concerned there's no difference in her nipples um, oh. and I was told about this while visiting a burlesque show in New York called the Slipper Rooms fantastic place oh, yeah. and one of the performers told me that it was it, um, I asked them about the, the nudity there um, I, was, I was fascinated by the fact that after 12 o'clock it was full full on nude like completely Are you serious yep completely wow. fully nude um, I won't even get into some of the Where things that I saw there but it was fascinating stuff their, uh, money <laughs> <laughs> well I think they were on stage so uh, oh, right. I don't think they <laughs> had any issues of needing pockets oh I thought you meant everyone in no the no no oh, sorry, not the sorry. audience no no <laughs> we kept our clothes on <laughs> All right, <laughs> they right. flash us so we yeah. don't have to <laughs> yeah 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 um, and I and I wondered about it, so, so I asked some questions, mm. and they explained to me that that after twelve o'clock it was even more relaxed, you know, I, when mm. in a private venue, obviously where it's a pay and show. Mm. Um, so, but I, that you could actually walk on the streets of New York, and you can walk up to a cop completely, you know, topless, and they can't say anything to you. Wow! So I said to him, now would be the time to tell me if this is not true because I'm going to do it, and I'm going to walk up to a cop, and I'm going to get a picture with a cop in New York. Wow! Uh, so so I did, and I I I went into Times Square and. And I, I had a, I had a kind of a big furry coat on that I kind of put down over my shoulders, mm. and I, I pulled, I had like a, a kind of a, an all-in-one pantsuit, but it was um, a, a sleeveless, you know, so it only kind of covered. So I was able to pull that oh, down, yeah. right, yeah, and drop the fur, and I walked over to two cops that were standing with AK-47s, in the in the middle of of <laughs> Times Square. Yeah, <laughs> and I first asked them why they were standing around with with uh, AK-47s, and I was a little bit worried that there was some kind of terrorist thing going on. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> so want to be. I was like, I don't really. With that. <laughs> I know. I was like, going to be. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> like, oh. you're too busy. Sorry, we're too you know? busy, ma'am. <laughs> I know weapons of mass destruction. They're coming in. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah and I yeah. they said no no it was just a precaution because it was Christmas and, and that kind of thing and and they're, de- they're desperately like you know 
keeping keeping eye contact, only eye contact. You know, they're looking at nowhere else but directly at my eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, really. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. So I asked them if it would be okay to take a photograph. Yeah. And uh, in between the two of them, because they're both standing on either side with their AK-47s. Yeah. So they obliged and they both changed. The, so they both have their guns pointing outwards. It's symmetrically. Yeah, as, well. a, as opposed to in towards me. Thankfully. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I stood in between them and, and did that and nice. I got my picture taken. So then we went on to Radio City. Uh, the I... Um, the Empire State Building, uh, oh, the Statue uh, of Liberty. As well. <laughs> you just you couldn't stop them. <laughs> well, I thought you know what, in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're going to do it, you might as well do a little tour and then have be done with it. So yeah. Radio City, yeah, the whole lot. So it was really good fun. And were passerbys, uh, passers by, I should say. Oh, there were, were. yeah, in, yeah. But passer, some people in Times Square, people stopped. And and kind of you know stared a little bit and mm. not 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 in a glary kind of way but mm. more um, in a New York. wondering what was going on yeah. and why you know a girl is topless and, and there's a photographer taking photographs of her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I didn't get arrested. And you but, couldn't have been. Yeah. If, if you had you been, it would have been an illegal arrest. Yeah. There yeah. you go. There's. Uh, I mean, my um, experience of being of nudity as I I posed for artists for. Mm-hmm. for a while to earn money okay. and uh, the first time I did it I was going okay I'm going to walk out here and take this robe off yeah. and you, you feel you think what's going to happen is everyone's going to go oh my god he's naked <laughs> <laughs> and run away or something yeah. but you know so, but the first time obviously, don't, obviously I, they don't because they want to draw you so well, that would yeah. be ridiculous but and I think in the art world as well they're much more used to nudity and they're looking at the body in a different way I suppose than, mm. than a lot of normal people would uh, people often in general terms see a naked body and, and their first thought is to go to a sexual nature to sexualize and that, it yeah. yeah and that that's what makes them uncomfortable it's not mm. actually the nudity or your body I think it's more their reaction um, and that they feel and especially if you're Irish um, it's that sense of shame that comes yeah. with it you know to see a naked body and all of a sudden we feel ashamed of ourselves because we're, we're seeing it as a naked body as opposed to just seeing it as a body yeah. Um and we, we give ourselves some very, very weird <laughs> hang-ups, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I grew up in a house where no no one ever, well, definitely not naked, but mm-hmm. uh, but even, uh, we didn't say knickers. Oh, we, dear. We had another word for knickers. What did you say? Nitchers. Nitchers. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were too embarrassed to say oh, knickers. Bless. I mean, we call, we, the boys call their things knickers as well. But anyway, yeah. nitchers. But, um, but I found anyway from posing for the artists, uh, mm-hmm. there's a great freedom once you get into yeah. it. Like Once you are used to it, then you go, wow, this is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it does. You know, I think it, yeah. it it challenges kind of how you think, how you see the naked body, and how you feel about it, and it challenges your own comfort zone. I think within it as well. Yeah, and I, and I believe it's more clothes that sexualise yeah. people rather than nudity. Yes, the naked body isn't. Well, the naked body is, itself isn't necessarily well, a sexual thing. No, and after mm. five minutes, it really becomes normal. Mm. Yeah, people get used to it quite quickly. Yeah. yeah, so it's the covering up that makes it. I mean, you should know. You obviously know that from doing striptease. That it's. <laughs> I know I can't keep my clothes on half the time. That, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying from doing striptease, obviously you would yeah. know that that it there's an art form to yeah eroticism. 
Absolutely, you know, because like, I mean, someone, a person who had we're not a clue, just taking our clothes off. Yeah, we're because doing that would not specific, be erotic. No, yeah, exactly. We're doing it in a very specific way, yeah. so as to cause an, ar- an arousal. Not yeah. all the time, obviously, within burlesque. Like I said, there's, there's lots of different umbrellas of burlesque and lots of different styles. So sometimes it's not, uh, it's not to actually cause titillation, but it's to make you question things or or to make you laugh as well. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Anyway, listen, it's been great talking to you. Well, thanks very much. It's been great talking to you too. Yeah. <laughs> and is there anything you've, you're you're doing a bit of TV coming up? I am. Uh, yeah. well, we're, we're doing a little bit of filming coming up soon um, that will be shown, I believe, on New Year's Eve on yeah. RT on the Late Late Show uh, with Jerry Fish, uh, Imelda May and Jess Cav. Yeah. Okay, cool. And if anyone wants to do burlesque, is what do you just kind of turn up and say, "Can I do?" do you, what what if, do you do if they if, if they want to learn burlesque it? or if they want to perform burlesque? Well, learn it, I presume, before performing it. Or let's say you want to perform it. What do you do? Okay, well, if they want to perform and they're they're creating their own acts and creating their own piece and stuff like that, well, then you can apply to the Peacock Parlour by emailing us. Yeah. Um, and that's basically your your first step. It would be to send us photos and videos of your of your act. Yeah. And and we we have everybody uh, like we always have a space for newbies. Right. Um, we we are a professional show, so we do lean heavily on fully established professional and award winning performers. Um, but we always have a slot for new performers as well. Okay. Cool. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, our next few shows actually oh. are the 6th of December, the 20th of January and the 14th of February. Okay, cool. And the 24th of March. <laughs> and have you any slots for stand-up comedians? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can slot you in somewhere. I'd love to. <laughs> like, I'm thinking actually maybe January 20th if you're around because we have yeah. a, a, an English comedian coming over as well. Miss Glory Pearl is her name. Okay. And she's the naked stand-up. So she does her stand-up comedian uh, act no completely in the buff. Wow. So that I think it'd really, be a really uh, nice counterpart if you wanted to do yours too in the book. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I would you be know? open to the challenge, yes. Okay, let's yeah. bring it on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Well, there you go. That was Foxy Peacocks. And I did agree to uh, be naked didn't i to perform naked okay i'm not sure about that but i don't know i'll have to go to the gym work out because i'm not like i'm a bit soft in the middle like a chocolate um and but maybe that's you know i know that's not what it's about you know yeah but still whatever i am definitely emceeing one of the gigs uh foxy's gig in uh cork on the first of april that is happening whether I'll be in the nip or not, or even partially naked, I don't know. I have to think about that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been all bravado there, wasn't I? <laughs> Maybe I should just uh, be in the nip, apart from a pair of socks from sockfellas.com. Sockfellas.com for colourful socks. I might actually do that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, if you go on sockfellas.com and uh, make an order there, you uh, use the code Podarooney and get 20% off. That was my phone going off there. Um, well, there you go. I'm going to head out now and uh, do my thing. All right, bro. All right, bro. Just, I'm going to go into the cafe. I see uh, cafe leche con... Uh, Oh, 
Jesus, what else could I say? Corner, a pen, a, a, no, whatever. I can only order a coffee. Oh, cafe con leche uh, e agua sin gas. Una agua sin gas, por favor. I will, I will talk like this. I just talk English like this. Scusi. Scusi. I like coffee and uh, pastry. Uh, por favor. Well, you don't say por favor, do you? They don't say it, do they? I'm not sure. Uh, okay, well, gra gracias uh, for listening uh, to my podcast. Uh, I come happy Christmas. Yes, happy Christmas if I don't see you before Christmas. See ya. Bye. <laughs> This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile, rated R, only in theaters September 30th.